I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, it's Ade here. Yeah, we know, we know. It's been a while. Now, before I continue, I'd like to personally apologize on behalf of the team for not letting you know that we plan to take a break. Things happened that we couldn't predict. So the first thing that happened was I had to personally go to Nigeria to resolve some issues. And as a podcaster, I've recorded this journey and we aim to publish this documentary in the near future. Another reason why we went on a long break was because Blacticulate got commissioned to produce University of Arts London's podcast, which the team could not refuse. Because, and full disclosure, we weren't making any money from our own podcast. The final reason why the break was so long was because we figured that pausing on 60 amazing episodes was more than enough. But what we didn't expect was that you guys really wanted more. So we knew we had to come back. And when we do, it had to be so much better than what we did before. And that's why today, I'd like to play you the first 10 minutes of our newest podcast called Stories That Stick. Welcome to Stories That Stick, Stick, a podcast series about the stories that shape us. Making Dreaming Was Black was to say to everyone else out there like, yo, I see you. Listeners, before we begin, please know that we start all our conversations with death because we believe that death truly makes us reflect about the life we live and we aim, in our own little way, to share the life of our guest. And in today's episode, we have Solman Ajani, a film director and actor who's best known for his award-winning web series, Dreaming Whilst Black. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's talk about death. Okay. Are you scared of death? No, I wouldn't particularly say I'm scared of death. I feel like if I was to be concerned about it at all, it would be to die without leaving a meaningful impact. Right. Yeah. And what does that look like? So a friend of mine, Anna, passed away last year, or is it two years now? I think it's last year. It feel like last year. White, middle-class English girl. She passed away from some infection that she got while in some weird place. But she was a filmmaker, and she turned to photojournalism. 
Now, this is like a white 20-something-year-old girl, yeah? The way how she was in places like Slab City, by herself, just taking pictures of like the underbelly of America. And don't care. I remember when she passed, I was like, yo, brother, like, look how much she's done in the time. And look how she aggressively just attacked it, not caring, like, of consequences. But do you think, I mean, without doing her a disservice mm. at all, because especially rest in peace, don't mm -hmm. speak ill of the dead, but her culture. But that, but that's what we need. Right. Let me tell you the difference between us. We feel we've been taught, and you know, that whole twice as hard, half as much, all of them thing there. Mm -hmm. We've been taught to be qualified. Let's be clear. I wanted to be a filmmaker. I did at least four short courses on filmmaking while I was working in Jamaica. So I'd fly over here, do a short course, come back. Cool. Then I did a master's. Note, I already have a degree. I have a degree in architecture, but because I wanted to be a filmmaker, I did a master's in film. Ironically, when I applied for the masters, even though I'd been working in the industry for three years, they're like, oh, you know, we don't know because you don't have a background. I said, okay, cool. There's a two month film course in New York. I'll go to that during the summer so that I can prep for your thing. They're like, all right, cool. We'll give you a conditional acceptance based on that. So note, I did four short courses. Then I did a two month course. This is after working three years in the industry and then did a masters. You see, when I went to that masters program, I met someone who was a civil engineer up until june oh okay you see how i prepped yeah no of course I to mean, be a filmmaker because I, I need to be qualified yeah and man who just did whatever came in there were people in my course who didn't know how to use a camera no cool you can say that's admissions issues right but the audacity to think me in my brain knowing i've only ever done architecture i say oh i want to be a filmmaker i'm gonna just do a master's it's wild to me. Mm. I'm not qualified enough. I don't want to get drawn out. You know, part of whiteness, brother, is freedom and audacity. That's it. Sometimes it manifests in racist ways and terrible, like, capitalistic ways. But just the audacity. No experience, no qualification, no expertise, nothing. But I can do it, though. First decade mm. of life. Do you have any fond memories, any stories um, that stuck with you? Well, there are loads of particular stories. Like, I feel like it would all boil down to summers in Jamaica, summers in Kingston particularly. So I moved to Jamaica when I was five, but my mom and I lived in Montego Bay, which is like the second, the second city. But my whole family lived in Kingston, so it was just us two. And obviously we'd go there like on weekends and, you know, try to go there and thing. But summers, I'd be like there the whole summer. You see me, and like my family is a tight knit family in terms of like my cousins, 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 right. <laughs> all part. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I remember just being there the summer with yo, like Nicholas and Taboo, and that whole street. It's weird. He would live down a street, and when I go back, no, I'm like, this is actually a weird street, even for Jamaica. So it's like a L shaped dead end road, completely residential area, which is weirdly in between like three bad areas. But this street, like this little ends, is decent. You know, like they're like teachers or police people, you know. Yeah. But we just inhabit that street, right? So because of that, we could play football in the street. We could play cricket in the street. Like where I run up and down, I play hide and seek on the whole street. It's a dead end road. The only way a child can escape, you have to run down the one street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a year where like 
everybody get a bicycle for Christmas. Every year, jeez. No, but like, so one year, everybody got a bicycle. Okay, got you. So the whole way I ride bicycle and it's like, follow the lead on. But because I was like the youngest, I was always like trying to keep up with them, man. You see me? So yeah, I thought like, no, they're like 12. I'm like nine. Even like there was one year where they were colluding like, yo, we could get the children this. And it's That's like, really yo, trust me. It was, but then, it, yo, my next door neighbor beat me. Holy pata. Matter of fact, she probably beat me more than my mother. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Why? What'd you do? Yo, You're no, you know what? No, you know what? I, so I wasn't rude. I would say I was mischievous, but they had a thing. Well, Auntie Jaya particularly had a thing where you see if one person does something, every man I get beat. Uh, because that mean the person who did it Everybody else knew it was wrong. You're complicit. And you allowed the man for do it. And yo, I never did nothing. I would be like, no, said the man about this something like, yo, that we could try climb on the roof. Yo, my girl inside, I watch TV. When I dip on it within a car, when she come and licks a dash up, we can't say, yo, inside, day. I watch TV. We don't know nothing about that. But yeah, uh, those summers were, yeah, yeah, those were great times. Was it easy? Because it sounds like it was just you and your mum. You know, it's funny we talk about sacrifice of the previous generation. So my whole family moved over when my mom was like eight, nine or so. Uh, in, in like Midlands, like Nottingham area kind of right. side. And all of this, her siblings moved back except her. She became a lawyer here, actually. She was here. We were working, working, working. And when I was born, she kind of said, yo, like, am I going to raise a black boy on my own in South London? Mm-hmm. It's like, nah. So she moved back to Jamaica. And obviously, like, in terms of the economy and the money what she'll make, it's a massive cut, like, just standard of living shift. But she was just like, nah, she fears raising a black boy in South London. Nah, I understand that. Was there any signs at that early age that helped make you see this world in a creative lens? Um, Since your mum was a lawyer. I mean, yeah, and it's funny because I, I didn't read for years. Like, I just hate read. Like as soon as pictures came out of books, I'm done. <laughs> like you know, what I'm saying like there was this there was this thing called I don't know if you guys have it here, Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys. It's like a detective series of you know young teens and all of that shit. But they had like three pictures in the middle, so you had to read to the middle, see the three pictures, and then bruv. At some point, we used to try to read to the middle and see the three pictures just to understand the three pictures. Yeah, yeah. But after that, I'm done. done. What is this? <laughs> I, I was like, nah, nah, nah. But I do remember I was always drawing. So like painting, drawing, that kind of stuff. So I guess that would be a creative outlet. It's funny because I remember Christmas time you draw like, you know, the birth of Jesus kind of thing. You know, you draw some religious drawing thing. And I drew my, like, you know, Jesus, all the disciples and everything. But everybody was black. I just used a brown crayon to draw everybody. And the teacher called my mom and she asked her, she's like, what do you teach your son? And it's weird because my mother and I have never had like conscious discussions or, you know, like educating me about the world or none of them. Does she not have those usual tropes then that you do have to work twice as hard? Well, I mean, no. how does she prep you? So her thing wasn't twice as hard. Her thing was always be the best. Okay. But remember, I grew up in Jamaica, so everybody blacks is not twice as hard for mm-hmm. half as who. Like, you know what I mean? That's very true. But hurting was, you need to be your best mm-hmm. as well as the best. Is there a danger to strive for best? I don't know. It depends on the child. I do think it depends on the child. And I do feel like she, whether correctly or incorrectly, valued me to say, look, this is a smart child. 
So therefore, I'm going to push him to be the best of himself. And I guess because my report card has always said, could do better no matter what I get. That was always it. So I think that used to just piss her off. So he's like, he's messing around. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I would I, I like, watch TV till the moment she come home, lock it off, open up the book, and then act like me, I studied. Like, that's how I remember my child. You see me? Mm-hmm. So I guess she always knew that, yo, man, like you're not fulfilling your potential. And I guess for her, she made a sacrifice. She had a nice little life down there working in the city as a lawyer and them thing there. And she gave that up to move back to Jamaica. If you like the sound of it, then please, please subscribe to Stories That Stick wherever you get your podcast from. Sorry we've been gone for so long, but we're back. And we're hoping to be here for a very long time. You guys are the best. Stay blessed. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>